All right, we're live. Welcome back to Talk with Army. I'm your co-host Delilah. And I'm your co-host Daisy. And apologies if uh, we sound tired. It is finals week, um, so this is the only time we have to record this, and it's like midnight right now, <laughs> so. I know, it's like literally midnight, it's five minutes, four minutes now actually to midnight, so <laughs> it's been a long day, so if we sound tired, it's because we are, apologies for that. <laughs> but, um, we of course are always going to want to put out an episode, but we say we're going to put out an episode, so we are doing this, so we don't get behind, um, so, uh, I mean, the title says A Very Bonked on Christmas, uh, so we thought that because this episode is going to come out around Christmas time, um, it's only, uh, December 9th as we're recording this, but by the time this comes out, it'll be basically Christmas, so we decided to just, uh, look back at a lot of the things BTS does during this time of the year. Uh, so basically, uh, award shows and also look back on all their, like, festival performances. Right. Um, we, like, were, because I, I wanted this to kind of, like, be Christmassy because, like, we did that whole, like, uh, that whole Halloween-themed title, you know, when we did, like, the um, Korean media outlets thing, like, way back in Halloween a couple months ago. And I was like, we should definitely do a Christmas one. It would be nice. So I think that this one, I think it's, it's probably going to be, like, a lot more relaxed, a bit more of a breather, um, because it's not, like, very, like, research-heavy. We just wanted to kind of look back on, you know, all that BTS has done, you know, in their eight-year career, especially now because, you know, as we're recording this, as many of you know, um, BTS is on an extended vacation right now, and they're not going to be back until basically 2022 like the beginning of january i assume so like there's gonna be a window of time where they're just like not on you know award shows they're not performing and we're also not getting mma and mama performances this year so i mean even though it's kind of sad because you know we love you know all of their extravagant performances people are also happy that they don't have to like wake up at like the most ridiculous hour in the morning and then like watch six hours of the award show just to see bts win and perform so i mean there's pros and cons to all of this um also sorry daisy i need to call you out for lying to our listeners i can't i can't believe you really she's daisy says oh this is a chill episode and you know it's not really research based but we just spent like the past hour going through bts's schedules from the past seven years to make sure we've marked every single award or at least most of them and every single performance of end of the year i feel like you and i have very different definitions of research heavy like i don't cons like i feel like because this was like just so like when i was writing all of these awards and stuff down this seemed like just quite mindless to me so i really wasn't thinking when i was writing all of this stuff down if, i if feel it like requires me having to search something on google instead of just it coming out of my mind it is uh, i'll consider it quote unquote research okay fair enough so like we <laughs> well you'll understand what we mean in a minute but we did you know spend a lot of time going through 
you know, their performances and, you know, the awards that they've won, you know, just to make this kind of like an all-inclusive list. Um, hopefully we didn't miss anything out. We were pretty thorough in that. So um, we're excited to just get through and just talk about what we liked about all of those different, you know, eras. And yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. And, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, especially when like the vacation announcement came out a couple of days ago, <clears throat> you know, there are a lot of people who were like, oh, wow, like they're, you know, this is the first time they're spending like Christmas with like their families and stuff. But I actually did read um, from a couple of tweets that Christmas actually isn't that big in Korea. Apparently, like it can be considered like the equivalent of like Valentine's Day, where it's like almost like people celebrate it like and it's very like commercialized as opposed to like, for example, over here in the West, you know, where Christmas, you know, is, you know, very heavily tied with like religion and stuff like that. Um, so I guess in Korea, they celebrate the more commercialized version of Christmas compared to like the more traditional version over here in the West. So that's why like for them, like they don't really get long Christmas holidays like we do, where like you could get like two weeks to like a month off of school. Um, you know, for them, it's usually just like they may have a day off on Christmas, um, but then that's pretty much all they're going to get, I've heard. Um, so they don't actually spend that much time at home. So for them, like, it's really not that big of a deal if they work on Christmas. So that's something new that I learned because, you know, for a lot of people, it can be a bit of a culture shock where it's like, oh, wow, like they're working all through Christmas this is the first time they've ever, you know, spent time with their family on Christmas. Uh, so I guess it's apparently not that deep in Korea. So that was interesting to know. Yeah, I think it is interesting to know, especially because, I mean, when you have all of these, like, end-of-the-year award uh, shows going on, I mean, that would be a lot of people that wouldn't be home for their families, you know? You have, like, true. so many artists and groups performing, and then plus all the producers and stage crew, like, there's, there's just a lot... Um, that goes into these end of the year festivals. And so it would be kind of um, crazy if Christmas was such a big deal that like none of these people got to go home. Like I, I would complain. It's true. Cause it's not even just like Christmas day where they're working, but obviously like all these artists, you know, they've had to rehearse these performance over like a few days or maybe even like a couple of weeks. And so that would be them just like consistently throughout like the entire winter season, just like being at work. And so I would just imagine that like the Christmas culture is just completely different over there. Um, so yeah, that's basically how it is. I would also like to note as we're discussing, you know, the Christmas season, I'm drinking my lemonade out of a cup that says happy Hanukkah on it at the moment. <laughs> Me, I actually don't have any Christmas mugs, so I'm sad about that. The only mug that I have that's like really like mine in my house right now is a mug that just says Aries on it and then like a couple of traits that like vaguely sound like they could be attributed to me like you know those like just random area where did I buy it I think I might have bought it at like Bed Bath and Beyond or something and then it has something like honest like self-assured and like hard-working on the back or something I was like okay whatever the live black love of mugs <laughs> <laughs> and then the where was my other mug I don't remember where I placed my other mug but it was Attack on Titan themed and I haven't mm. seen it actually in a while I I have so many mugs. Um, I, I wasn't going to get another one, but then the BT21 Among Us collection dropped, so I had to, I had to get the Koya plush. I don't know. I don't know why I was very drawn to the Koya plush, and I'm trying to get make sure I have like a uh, like every BT21 character. 
So I have like my Shooky lamp here, and now I have my Koya Among Us plush. But then there was also like a BT21 Among Us themed mug, and it had like all of them on it, and it's like it's cute. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I try not to be biased when I buy BT21 merch because I kind of like want like at least one thing from like every character. So right now I haven't bought much BT21 merch, but you know what I do have? I have like uh, Tata and Chimmy notebooks that I use for like writing down notes for class. So that's what I'm using right now. Hopefully that can expand to more stationery, perhaps even a tumbler. I don't know. I'm going to have to look on the side again because they, I think they need to restock like a lot of different things mm-hmm. right now. So I'm kind of like not going on the side right now because I feel like I have to wait for a little bit to actually get what I want. But anyway, that's besides the point. We're here to talk about BTS at the end of the year awards. So um, I guess we're just going to go like how we've kind of written this outline is that we have it in chronological order here. So we're just going to go year by year and just, you know, talk about, you know, the awards that they've won, the performances, if they've released any music, and then just talk about how we felt about it. All right. So uh, 2013, uh, did they win anything? And yes, they did. This is, see, this is um, something that media tried to push, that, like, BTS, for some reason, there's this view that BTS were always these flops and unsuccessful, but no, they won New Artist of the Year at the Mellon Music Awards and um, New Artist of the Year, uh, at least in the male group category, for the Gown Chart Music Awards. So BTS were snatching Rookie Awards in 2013 and 2014, so I don't know where, I don't know where this attempt to make it, make BTS be perceived as flops came from, but it was never true. And it's weird because there are some K-pop fans who believe that we believe that they were flops in 2013. And it's like, no, that's never what we said. BTS were monster rookies, actually. They were really, like, snatching the world by storm when they first debuted. But the issue was is that, you know, like Delilah was talking about, how the, you know, a lot of media outlets, you know, especially because a lot of them did have, like, kind of what's the word i'm looking for i guess kind of under the table deals with all these big three entertainment companies where basically they would like go out of their way to just like kind of hide their impact you know when it came to like articles about them and stuff like that they just never showed up or they just weren't written about like their impact was basically not acknowledged especially like in their first few years because you know obviously they were not a part of the big three and, you know, they're up and coming from a small and obscure label. And I guess people just didn't like that. So, you know, when it came to their success, none of it was really acknowledged the way that it should be. And that's why people get surprised at, like, how many awards they were actually winning back in the day. And with that, uh, we we did get uh, some performances. So December 29, 2013 was SBS's festival um, BTS performed No More Dream, of course, um, but then there was a collab stage that Namjoon was a part of, and that included artists like Drunken Tiger JK, Yoon Mirae, uh, Zico, Busy, um, Yangook from, um, BAP, etc. So, like, uh, for Namjoon at the time to be a rookie and be able to perform with people like Drunken Tiger and Zico and Yoon Mirae is like pretty incredible actually. 
I know they were barely around for like half a year. Like this was like just the six month mark and they were already doing this. That's like, that's insane to me. Like that has to be a testament of how talented Namjoon is as a rapper to be invited into a collab stage like this. Right. And they were also on uh, NBC Korean Music Festival December 31st. I couldn't find um, whatever performance they did, but I'm just going to assume it was just probably No More More Dream. But it was so old. Like some of of their stuff from like 2013 got like deleted or um, hidden for some reason. So I, I couldn't find what exactly they performed but they 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 did perform on that date Mm. yeah their old performances is quite is quite weird with them because like i remember i don't remember which episode we said this on it may have either been like an episode that's already been published or like an episode that we've recorded previously but it's just still in the queue but um you know we did talk about how you know quite a few of their performances from like especially their first two years were just like never posted online they were never posted to like those like music shows official youtube channels and it was only like when they started getting big that like for example i think it started back in like 2019 where they just started dropping like quote unquote never before seen performances and it's like why weren't you dropping this when they actually performed this like that is so sickening it's so sickening and you know this doesn't happen to just bts um because BTS is so big now, um, everyone has this guilty conscience and is trying to drop all these unbroadcast performances. But I'm pretty sure it's still happening with lots of rookie groups from very small companies that probably don't have a lot of bargaining power. And so they ha- they get cut out of broadcast and can't say anything about it. Right, so, and we've definitely talked about this in previous episodes, but, like, basically, to just sum it up, if it's happening to BTS, it is absolutely happening to faves who are, to, your like, your faves who are not as big as BTS, and on top of that, if they're never gonna be at that level of, like, success and impact, then chances are there are some performances that you will probably never see in your life that are just somewhere in those music show archives, and, like, that is, like, just really sad to me. Mm-hmm, but... With that, um, did BTS release any music for the holiday season? And yes, they did. So um, we got a cover of Justin Bieber's Only Thing I Ever Get for Christmas, and they adapted it uh, to a typical Idol's Christmas. So that's the name of the track. They just kind of like used Justin Bieber's song as like a melody line and then did a korean cover and uh it was performed by yoongi hobi jimin tae and jin and it was released on december 23rd and you can find it on soundcloud i know it's crazy how like even like way back in their beginning years like their soundcloud was just like starting to was still getting like filled with just like timeless classics basically like bts's soundcloud is just like chef's kiss like you will never find you will never find a soundcloud selection like theirs it's truly a treasure chest like if you haven't explored their um soundcloud just just like just do it like just randomly press play and you will probably find a lot of covers and old songs that you didn't realize existed 
Honestly, like, it's the only reason why I have SoundCloud downloaded on my phone, just for the purpose of listening to BTS's SoundCloud collection. Oh like, God, there are definitely, <laughs> I know, there are definitely some favorites I have on SoundCloud. I know 4 O'Clock is, I won't even say guilty pleasure, because I don't feel guilty listening to it. I just love it. It's just, like, pleasure, period. <laughs> just <laughs> listening to 4 O'Clock. I love it. I've had um, Abyss playing over and over recently. Mm. That's yeah, four the... o'clock and still with you, I think, are my top. Oh yeah, two. still with you, also very good. But before we get off topic, see, here's the thing: me and Daisy were like, "Ugh, we're so tired. It's like midnight, and here we are once again, getting off Chatting topic. It up. Gonna make this be like three hours long, and then we're gonna be like, "Hey, why is the sun up? Um, <laughs> because it's winter and time is warped." Anyway. That's 2013. <laughs> so, <laughs> 2014, uh, BTS got um, a rookie award, a world rookie award from the Gown Chart. They also got the Newcomer Award from Golden Disc and the New Artist Award from Soul Music Awards. And they did have performances. So, for the NBC Festival on December 31st, they performed Danger. And then they had a collab stage with Boyfriend and K-Tigers. Then we also had a KBS Festival uh, on December 26th. And it was for this song called Must Have Love. And it was like, basically, it was like an all-artist collab stage. So it was kind of one of those things where like, everyone... um, all the artists are on stage at the same time and they sometimes zoom in on certain people, but it was like, oh, uh, real, I think of it as like the real, um, like the ultimate clap because it's just everyone on stage. Uh, they also performed Danger and then we got, uh, So You and Namjoon, uh, it was Umbrella, I think that they performed. Um, yeah. Which is a classic. If you haven't seen the performance of So You featuring Namjoon performing Umbrella, go go search that up. It's on YouTube and it's phenomenal. I know, it's beautiful. And then we also got another collab stage uh, with BTS, 2PM, and VIX. And they did It's Tricky by Randy MC and Happy by Pharrell. See, that It's Tricky one, I it always gets me because it's just so, especially like if you watch the Bangtan bomb of them like practicing the choreography like backstage, it is so adorable. <laughs> I just love seeing them. And like they would just all would just like one by one just join when they would see like what everyone else was dancing to. And it was just like, you could tell that they were having fun with that. I really like it when they just like do like dance covers of stuff. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just love it when they do that for end of year award shows. I'm I'm happy that they could like, yeah, you know, just have fun, and then let's see, NBC Music Core Year End Special on December twenty seventh, and I don't think I put a song down for that one. It could have been because couldn't find it, um, or honestly, I might have just forgotten. Um, but chances are, but chances are because it was a music core. Um, and special, it probably was just, like, one song, I bet. It was probably just, like, Danger or something if they did perform it. I doubt it was, like, a, um, what's it called? Like, a medley or anything like that. Right, especially back then, because, like, you know, when 
you know, you're a rookie group, you don't actually get that much, like, stage time. So you normally, like, if you only have, like, for example, like, five or ten minutes to perform, chances are you're just going to be doing the title tracks. Right. And then on the Mnet M Countdown Christmas special on December 25th, they performed Just One Day and War of Hormone. Just One Day and War of Hormone are just such bangers, honestly. Okay, if you were Just One Day anti, like, why do you hate happiness? Like, I <laughs> I swear, it wasn't until I came onto Twitter that I found out that, like, there is a divide amongst Just One Day, and I don't understand it. I'm sorry, like, I'm going to be, like, completely biased here. If you hate Just One Day, do not talk to me. In fact... <laughs> You feel free to just like unfollow our podcast Twitter page, <laughs> unsubscribe from our podcast. We do not need that kind of negativity around here because listen, just one day is so good. It's just so smooth, so sweet. The vocals, the the verses, the way that the rap line flows, just everything about it is just so amazing especially when they did that performance of it on uh what was it army uh armypedia yeah that armypedia performance of just one day oh like i wish i could tattoo that on my brain because it was just so good although i do wonder okay i think one of the greatest mysteries in bts history is what the heck happened during the just one day dance practice so if you've never seen (laughs) if you've never seen the just one day dance practice you can tell, like, a lot of the members, especially Tay, are trying so hard not to burst out laughing. And, like, bu- like there were so many cuts in it because I guess they kept laughing. And then by the end of the dance practice, Tay's face is, like, purple from, like, trying to hold in his laughter. And it's like... He said, Bora, hey. <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... So it's... So it's like, what? What is so funny? What? What? What am I not understanding? Um, yeah, what was the joke? Please like, because <laughs> you know, because it was so jarring. Because like normally for because for all their dance practices, they do it in one take. They never cut dance practices. So when I watched the Just One Day dance practice for the very first time, I was like, why the hell did they cut this like ten different times? What's going on here? Uh, honestly, classic. Um, Plus, um, when you go back and watch it and see, like, how small the practice room was back then, ha, memories, am I right? I know. There's also this one video. It was, like, things you didn't notice in the Just One Day dance practice, and it made it, like, ten times funnier. I think they also did it for the Bepsay dance practice, too. It was, like, this one particular channel, and it was just so funny to me back then because it was just, like, noticing, like, all the minuscule details of, like, just BTS goofing off during the dance practice. I was like, I love that. And then, um, to music releases, uh, we did get a music release on December 25th. So, uh, Christmas Day was a song by Jimin and Jungkook, and it was a cover of Justin Bieber's Mistletoe. I'm sorry, but the absolute chokehold that Justin Bieber has had on BTS since their career started, (laughs) and now they just, like, own his company now like right? hive just is hive just owns like it's holdings now that's just so crazy to i me. wanted uh, it was the other day i think it was like yesterday or two days ago someone in txt referred to justin bieber as bieber Hyung, and i like wanted to <laughs> i was like what is happening 
No, because during the 2017 Festa, I do remember Junka calling him Justin Bieber Hyungnim, and I was like, oh my god, that is funny. Oh my goodness, but wow, what what a what a glow up, am I right? <laughs> Honestly, like <laughs> just how fast the night changes. <laughs> but that that really wraps up 2014. Um 2014 was definitely I I think my favorite is still probably the Soyu and Namjoon stage, but um, mm. but yeah, 2014. It was a fun time. I mean, it was a fun time maybe for us. I know BTS 2014 was a very rough year for them, um, but um, but we we did get some really nice music. So bless. Mm. I know, bless them for putting out good content, even though they were, like, struggling. Honestly, I fell for them. Like, they were probably, like... Because we've talked about it before, how, you know, um, there was this one part in, like, I think it was Season Greetings 2019, where they all made happiness graphs, and all of them, like, their happiness levels, they all dipped to zero when it was Danger Air, and I was like, damn, like, it was that bad? Like, right. I don't even... And, and, like, they haven't even told us, like, the full picture of what was going on, so, like, we only know, like, just a tiny bit of what they were going through during 2014, so I can only imagine, like, how bad it was, even though, like, they were still, like, monster rookies back then exactly but that was 2014 so now we go to 2015 which is my year because i became an army in like november ish i say november because i'm pretty sure it because it wasn't the end of the year but it was in the middle of run promotion so it had to be november so that's why i say it's mm. november um and so yep 2015 uh they won the k-pop world hallyu star award at the gallon chart music awards they also won um uh album um bang song for dark and wild at the golden disc awards i need you won best male dance at the golden disc awards and they also won best world performer at the uh mnet asian music awards and then they also got a Bong song from the Soul Music Awards, so they they were doing pretty good. I, I I need you was I need you was their breakout in Korea, so that that is expected. But it's still, I'm still happy, just like reading all the improvements from like 2014. It's true. I need you was like really it for them. Like that was when, especially you know, because that was the start of like you know the BU storyline, the whole HYYH thing. Like everybody was just like so fascinated with that although i do remember from uh what was it it was uh bang pd he was doing that like whole live conference thing back in 2017 where he said that international fans were actually more interested in the storyline side than domestic fans oh, which i, I thought was an interesting that. point mm -hmm. yeah i thought that was an interesting point that he made i didn't realize that like there was like some type of at least like a small form of like adverse reaction from the domestic side where people just weren't interested in the storyline Oh my gosh, we were we were so invested, honestly. Which I, think, I was so I invested. I think I gave up. It, you know, it was the fake when the fake love teasers came out, and I noticed the connections of details with like wings and hryh. I was like, nope, I'm I'm done. I'm exhausted. Uh, it's been three years. I'm done with the theories. I'm just gonna sit here and vibe, and it burnt me out so much. I don't even care about TXT's storyline that much anyway like i do care and i'm still interested in it but like am i gonna spend hours creating my own theories and like 
reading all of the different theories anymore? Probably not. I just, I, I, I would rather spend my energy somewhere else. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I was like the opposite in 2018 when all the fake love uh, teasers came out. Like I was on it. I wasn't necessarily like, you know, like kind of paving the way with my own theories or whatever. Obviously, like everybody mm-hmm. was like so interested in whatever Excelest had to say because, you know, our theories are good. Um, but like for me, like I just liked analyzing the music videos, looking at the cinematography and all that, all of that stuff well, just like really, really interested me. Well, also so. the thing is though for you is you became a fan after Wings had already come out. So you had missed that opportunity to partake in that theorizing, you know. Uh, so because it was already there, but for you, it was like just forming. Right. Okay, yeah, that definitely makes sense. That's like the difference in our reactions when, you know, fake love teasers came out and all that. Because, like, I was just so ready to just, like, decode everything. I was excited. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of just it for me. But, like, in terms of, like, the whole storyline, I definitely feel like with the whole HYYH part one, that was definitely just, like, a moment back in 2018. So good on I Need You for winning Best Male Dance as well. Because Best Male Dance, man, the choreography for I Need You slaps so hard. It really does. Um... And with that, we can move on to end of the year performances. So, uh, at the NBC Festival, December 31st, we got I Need You, Run, and the iconic, the queen, the perfect man cover. Um, if you're a newer ARMY and you do not know um, about the perfect man cover, literally just go on YouTube, search perfect man, BTS. It should be the first result. Um iconic Jimin really did own that performance and just as a note um Namjoon I think was injured or like sick something like that around that time so he's actually not in the performance uh because of that uh so they just have like his part of the song playing uh but yeah perfect man cover absolutely iconic it was to witness that as like a baby army absolutely amazing I know, and then Shinwa had also Shinwa was the uh, they're the their group who actually made the song "Perfect Men," and you know uh, I know um, def- they they had watched that cover and like they were digging it, like they loved BTS's version of "Perfect Men," and so like to see you know just some like legendary like first gen group like respecting BTS for like their cover, I thought that was also really cool. Um, who was it? Who was it? It was a uh, uh, what's his name Minwoo. Um, he's the one who's like really close with Jungkook because they also were on that show together. I think it was like Celebrity Bromance or yeah, something like what that. Yeah, ha- what happened to that show? I need them to bring it back. It was wholesome vibes. I it was I, cute. I liked it. If you okay, so Celebrity Bromance was the show on the V Life app on V app, and it would just take um, a lot of times. It would be just two idol members from like usually they'd be from different groups and they would just like hang out there all day and like it would just like follow them and like we'd see their conversations and see what they would talk about um tay was also on celebrity romance i can't remember who it was with though for some reason uh let me see let me look it up right now we have to look it up it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna piss us off if we can't remember Celebrity bromance. Let's see here. I'm looking up. Ah, Minjay. Yes, he was with Minjay. 
Um, I don't remember specifically who Min Jae was. He might have been like an actor or something. Oh, might have been. It is an actor. Okay. Yep, it is. Kim Min Jae. Do I know? Am I just like pulling? Is it because it's late that I don't know who this man is? <laughs> well, he may be in something popular. I'm not why, sure because I don't I, really. Why do I feel like I've seen this guy? He may be in something mainstream. I don't know. I haven't really paid much attention to like you know K dramas or anything like that. So I wouldn't know personally, but maybe he is in something famous. He probably is. You know the fact that he's even on Celebrity Bromance. He must be like famous to some extent. Oh uh, yeah, I've definitely heard of a lot of these. Um, Tempted. Um, yeah, I heard. I've heard of that one. All these movies. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So, BTS, um, Jungkook was on that with Minwoo from, Shin from Shinwa, and then Tae was also on it with his actor friend, Min Jae. So, great time. Honestly, uh, I feel like V-App peaked during, like, 2015 and 2016. Like, when BTS were first starting up the app, that's when, like, V-Live was honestly at its peak. The app was so simple to navigate, although the coin system was stupid as hell. Um, it's true, by, we've talked about this. We've talked about it before, not to go to it again, but, like, just navigating it and, like, finding content and, like, the content it was producing, superior. Easy work, honestly. Like, I, it is crazy to say that it peaked in its first two years, um, but it's honestly true. Like, with the way that the website is formatted now and the way that the app is formatted, it just really makes no sense how to navigate it. I get so confused. And I feel like because, you know, you know, with the takeover of Weverse now that it's getting like a lot more popular, you know, I felt like V Live, they were trying to be like that B, they're trying to be that girl. They thought they were the one. And so then they changed up their whole format and then just nobody knew how to use it anymore. Even like on desktop, there was like a lot of bugs. I think I'd mentioned this before where like, for example, like I would try to use like the filter system to try and like, you know, select years so I can like pick out videos mm -hmm. from particular years. And it just would not work on desktop. It just like for the longest time, I think for a couple of weeks even, I just could not for the life of me use that filter on desktop. And I would have to like close the tab and then reopen it again to go and try again. Um, but it did work on mobile, which was weird. But then they finally fixed the bug so I could do that. But like nowadays, like it's just even though they got rid of the coin system, I still would not use VLive unless like BTS were on live. But even then, like I don't have the app anymore. I just go on desktop. Right. Okay. Uh, what else did they have? So yeah, we're still 2015. So there's the KBS festival, December 30th. So this was the day before. And this is where we got the iconic performance of Young Hua Bridge, which was by Zion T, and it just featured Jungkook, which was huge because Zion T is like a really well-known name in the Korean music industry. So the fact that like Jungkook, you know, he was someone that covered Zion T and, you know, was a fan of him. So the fact that they were able to perform together on stage, I think was really cool. I know, like honestly good on him. Yeah, and then BTS also performed Butterfly, Dope, Run, and then uh, BTS also had a dance collab stage with Vixen GOT7. And then on December 26th, so a few days before, um, for Music Chords Goodbye 2015 special, um, they performed I Need You. 
Mm, also, one thing to note about their um, butterfly dope run combo was the dope special stage back in 2015, where they kind of did this like it was uh, Jimin, uh, Jungkook, and Hobie. And, you know, when Dope started, they kind of did this like little jazzy intro with like this really cool dance break. And I really love that particular performance of Dope because of it. It's just so good. Although, unfortunately, um, I believe it was Namjoon. He wasn't there again because he was like, I think he was like sick or something. I don't remember what happened to him specifically that year. But like that intro part, it's just like so good. I love it. Um so if you haven't seen it, I definitely do recommend it. It is easily available on YouTube. I mean, all of these are. So yeah, if you want to go and look for it, then I would say go ahead. And um, let's see, there is also their performance um, on Music Core Goodbye 2015, where they did a special stage on December 26th for I Need You. And it's not listed here, but I do believe they actually did another I Need You performance for the Melon Music Awards back in 2015. It was that one. Oh, I didn't I didn't include any of the award ceremony performances. Should I have done that? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I feel like if I did also all the remix things they did at award shows, it would just make this episode too long. Mm. Well, we knew that we were gonna we were digging ourselves a hole with how long this outline is anyway. So if it was gonna be long anyway, might as well. So I mean, if we're gonna include those, then technically in twenty thirteen they also did something. I think it was either No More Dream or We Are Bulletproof for like it was either MMA or Mama, one of the two. And um, I don't remember if they did anything for twenty fourteen. I don't think they actually went to Mama or MMA that year, did they? I don't think so. No, no, they no, they did. Oh, did they? I or I think that, it was I, that I, they went, but they didn't perform. No, they they had to, cause that's. Let the, me see. Cause that's the iconic where like Jimin is shirtless. Oh, was that that? It was one of the two that they didn't go to. I think. Let me look it up. Twenty fourteen, BTS Mama performance. Let's see what that was. That may have been the one you're talking about. Yes, it was. It was the danger. Also, like the dance battle thingy. Oh, I yeah. was the. Ah, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. It was the dance battle thing. That was the one where, like, Jimin absolutely went feral and ripped his shirt off. And the whole crowd just went absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was honestly, like, especially, like, him. Because, like, they were dance battling with... Who was it that they were dance battling with? I don't remember who it was that they were dance battling with. But, like... Was it B.A.P.? It was not... I don't think it was B.A.P. I think it was somebody else. But they were dance battling somebody. And I remember that, like, they were dancing to, like, Uptown Funk or something. And then, yeah. like, uh, uh, Jimin and Hobie came on stage. And, like, they were dancing to, um, what was it, Get Out of Your Mind or something like that. Was that the name of the song? The one by Lil John? Was it Lil John? Oh, it was Do Block I know what I'm B. About? Ah, Block B. Right, right, right. Okay, there so, we go. They were dancing against those, and then everybody was saying how, like, BTS was eating them up on that dance battle, and I was like, you know what? I mean, they did, honestly, Hobie, though, he was sick. He did not have to do that death drop. Like, he didn't... He absolutely did. (laughs) Like, he, that, that was just kicking a puppy when it's down. Like, mm. No, like, honestly, when he did that, and then Jimin came, and he freaking did that whole spin kick, and then he just ripped his shirt off, like, at that point, I, I was like, damn, it's okay, like, we get it, you guys won, like, you right? don't have to hurt right? them like this. 
like all a, a lot of the um, award shows take place either like early mid December or like sometime in like January. So not exactly around Christmas time. So I didn't include them in the outline. I'm sorry. That's okay though. I just wanted to talk about them because some of these performances were just so good. So like that, I need you um, performance from 2015. I was just talking about. It was like they all dressed in like these black, like shiny, mm. like leather outfits. Oh, um, um, if you so in the Young Forever album, there is an "I Need You" remix. I forget what the name of the remix is called, but the version of I Need You in that album is the Melon Music Award version of I Need You. Let me look it up, actually, I've because I've got... Because I... Because I remember... Because all the remixes that is in that album... I had heard before, like, the Urban Remix is that one... I forget what show it was, but they performed um, I They Need did a sit-down performance of it, too. They did a sit-down performance of I Need You on a rooftop, and that's where that Urban Remix came from. Yeah, it just says I Need You Remix, so it's the one where it's, like, that whole, like, no. EDM dance break thing no. that they have, so... Um, no. Yeah, that's the one that they performed at the Sorry. end of the year for MMA. Who was that? Was that? Cordelia's. <laughs> I'm about to kick her out. She's being insane. She's looking at my candle like she wants to jump up at it. <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. But anyway, so the outfits for I Need You for that particular performance, iconic. And then not only did they do the remix version, but then also like during like the intro part of um that i need you performance they actually had like these like gloves that oh. had like lights in them and then they were doing like this whole yeah. like they were doing like these light tricks with them it was so cool like iron it's man it, like i'm i know honestly iron man who like i'm not explaining it well because it's past midnight and i have no idea what i'm talking about but if you look up the performance you will see that they do all these like cool light tricks with like the hand with, like with like the lights in their gloves and it just looks so cool and like you know that just goes to show you like how hard bts work for like these like end of year performances to make it like just really pop out and with that uh i couldn't find any like end of the year releases like not even like on soundcloud so i guess that just completes 2015 but wow 2015 of course i'm biased really was a special year um yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah so then i guess we're gonna move on to 2016 which is my year because you know it was around like november 2016 that i became an army so um in terms of their awards you know this is you know when bts started becoming a lot more mainstream especially in like you know the domestic market so you know they won quite a few awards this year so they won best icon awards uh singer at asia artist awards they also won best artist award uh, male singer at asia artist awards then for their wings album they got um album of the year for the fourth quarter in gown chart music awards and also v live global popularity award at gown chart music awards and um they also got a dis uh bong sang for um hyyh part one at the golden disc awards and this is also the year that they got the Culture Minister Award by the KOCCA. Um, they're the same organization that gave them their Cultural Merit Award in 2018. Um, and then also for HYH Young Forever, they got Album of the Year at Melon Music Awards, which was their very first day sang, which was a huge deal for BTS because, you know, obviously they were the first 
group outside of the big three companies to ever achieve such a thing. So that was huge at the time. Um, and then also they got top 10 artists at Mellon Music Awards that year. And then for Mnet Asian Music Awards, they got um, Best Dance Performance Male Group for Blood, Sweat and Tears. And then they also got Artist of the Year, which was another huge, huge desang at the time because again, they were the first group that was not in the big three to ever achieve such an award. So like that was just monumental. 2016 was like definitely a turn for the better. And then finally, they also got another bong sang from the Seoul Music Awards. So they, they got quite a bit that year. Yeah, it's honestly so hard to talk. I mean, it's not so hard to talk about um, when they first got those day songs. It's just, I, I don't know. Just whenever I think about them like on stage, just absolutely sobbing like it. it's 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 a lot um yeah especially you know given how much they struggled especially like during 2015 2016 with all the accusations and hate thrown their way so like they were really going through a lot to be honest ever since they debuted they've been going through a lot but 2015 and 2016 at that time had really just been the peak of all of that and so like they were really stressed out you know, they were just like getting ridiculed left and right, you know, so many smear campaigns against BTS, so many people trying to bring them down. And so for them to, you know, go through all that, but still end up prevailing at the end after all those struggles, like, of course, they're emotional, you know, you could really see it in their faces, especially like if you watch like the behind the scenes, like the Bangtan episodes from back then, like it was it was a lot like it was a very emotional time for everybody. As for end of the year performances, um, so at NBC, the music festival, December 31st, we got um, the famous Rainism cover. Um, oh, yes. And if you haven't seen the Rainism cover, um, cover of Rainism by Rain, uh, you should go do that right now. It is absolutely fantastic. It was, I think it was originally supposed to be, I remember this, um, can't remember the source, but I remember it, and I'm one. Okay, I'm ninety five percent that this is true. It's just so long ago that I can't remember like when Jungkook said this. But Rainism was supposed to be like a Jungkook solo stage, um, but he wanted the other members to be there too. So like they were kind of like dancers um, with that stage. Um, Cutie. And then, as I told you, uh, BTS did a cover of that. And then they also performed Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Fire. Then, oh, yes. Uh, KBS Song Festival, December 29th. We got Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Fire, and then the iconic Sotaji and Boys Classroom Ideas stage. Um, definitely a must-see. And then also the 97-liner um, I'm a Butterfly collab stage. So Jungkook was a part of that. Oh yeah, it was also very cute to see the behind the scenes of like the other members watching him perform like while they were like in their dressing rooms. That was like adorable. That was cute. <laughs> Didn't Jimin also do, was that the same day where Jimin also did a collab stage with Taemin? Uh, hmm, I think so. I don't know if that was, because Jimin and Taemin did do a collab stage. I can't remember if it was at KBS Song Festival. Let me see. Because um, I remember during, I remember like, when did... I watched the Bangtan episode, when they were reacting to that performance, I think Taemin, it was... They were, like, in the room together, hanging out. Because wasn't it the same? Because I remember when they were reacting to it, the other members, like, backstage, I, th- they, I think they were wearing the same outfits. I think it was the same day that they did those. 
Oh my god, I guess it I guess it was there. Jimin and Johnny collaboration stage. Yeah, so like for Jimin, he, yeah. you know, did like a little bit of lie in the beginning of that performance right. and then he joined Taemin for a collab stage at the end and both of them, you know, obviously like two of them, I think like as of now even, like they're two of the most like legendary dancers within the K-pop industry as a whole. So, you know, for them to be collabing with each other back in 2016, like that was also a pretty big deal. Yeah, it was. I I think so. I think what happened is, is when I was looking for some reason, um, I saw like Jimin and Taemin and I saw the video link to like them like hanging out in the back room. Because remember, there's that video of like BTS and like Shiny and they're just like taking turns, like trying to get into the room, but they're like getting oh, yeah. off with each other. Um, but uh, for some reason, the video of like their collab stage wasn't popping up so i must have like it's late in my mind skipped over it but yeah jimin and Taemin collab stage that also happened yes and then after that there was the mbc music core christmas special on december 21st um and that was the jingle bell stage with like all artists i believe and Mm -hmm. then the kbs music bank year end special december 23rd where they did blood sweat and tears and now since you know we've obviously gone to the point of no return and we're going to be listing you know mma and mama performances anyway um you know for mma bts performed i believe it was uh fire and i think blood sweat and tears yes they did and um for mama they did um this medley of boy meets evil and like lie like it was like jimin it's and like so Hobie. good it's so like, good there are no words for that like literally like if you haven't seen it it is absolutely incredible the fact that like jimin was dancing that whole intro right blindfolded he was dancing that whole intro blindfolded which means he must have practiced for hours upon hours upon hours to ensure that he knew exactly where he was at like any given time how do you like like, spit in a circle and like make sure like you actually end up back where you started because like if i were to spin in a circle blindfolded i would like be facing the opposite direction Right, the fact that he did not lose his sense of direction at all, despite the fact that he was, like, really spinning, like, a lot and for, like, a long time, like, it was, like, insane to me. And, like, you know, there are people who are trying to say, like, oh, no, he could probably see through the blindfold. But then there was that account of, like, that one GOT7 fan who was, like, near the front of the stage. And then they saw that, like, Hobie was actually leading Jimin to, like, his position on stage, like, by the hand. So, like, literally Jimin could not see at all. Like, the fact that Hobie had to lead him there means that, like, he could not see anything past that blindfold, which means that he was practicing so hard that, like, he just knew, like, where exactly he would be whenever he would do any given dance move on that stage. And for him to not only dance, like, lie, you know, with the blindfold on, but then, like, come back to Hobie and then, like, dance with him to Boy Meets Evil and, like, be completely in sync with him... Like, that was just, like, honestly, goosebumps. Like, that is, like, one of their most iconic performances to date. Like, anybody could tell you that. Yeah. Please, go go look it up if you haven't seen it. Right. And then, like, after that, they did Blood, Sweat, and Tears and Fire as well. Um, So that was, like, their MMA Mama performances. Just iconic, honestly. Like, that was, like... I mean, their performances have always been good. But, like, after 2017, like, their performances just really started, like... Like, they really started getting, like so so good but i also think part of that has to do with the fact that 
they were finally allowed to have the time to put on those performances because because uh, usually how it works is so the amount of time you get to perform is based on a few things one of course is popularity but also seniority um so now that bts is super popular and um it kind of it, it makes sense that now they would start to get uh longer stages to show off their performances and good for them right because you'll see when we get towards like the end of this list like just how long their performances were getting like by the time that they were really like peaking in popularity so um yeah that kind of concludes like the performances for 2016 and then in terms of like the music that they released there was um awake christmas virgin um which was by Jin, and it was released on the 4th of december um so it was like his little birthday present um to us which was very cute and then always which was an unofficial song written and com uh, composed and produced by namjoon and it was released technically on new year's january 1st 2017 but we kind of count that as end of the year because it's like january 1st so it's kind of like on that border mm -hmm. but always was like so sad yeah um you you guys can if you have a go on soundcloud um you can find it um on there and yeah within then, the first two lines like you're gonna be like wow that's you sad can, um look up a lyric translation of it because wow damn but sad. yeah and the christmas version of awake which is also on soundcloud very cute um yeah but also knowing like the lyrics of awake and then like it being a Christmas version. Like, as much as I love the Christmas version, I think it's just kind of funny because, like, Awake is also a sad song, so... I know it is. Be it's, like, just, like, cover up the sadness with some sleigh bells. <laughs> BTS are, like, literally the epitome of sad but make it slap when it comes to their more deep or dark songs. Like, for example, like, Fake Love, Sad But It Slaps. Outro Tear, Sad But It Slaps. Like, I feel so bad just, like, nodding my head to it because I'm like, these lyrics are so tragic. It's like anime openings where, like, you're, like, it's, like, this huge, like, rock number and, like, you're totally jamming. And then you read the lyrics and it's like, oh, my God, are you okay? <laughs> I know, like, it'll be, like, something, like, so deep and so depressing, like, it'll just be, like, nodding your head, and you, like, check the lyrics, and it's, like, about this person, like, talking about death or something, and it's like, oh, okay. But that's 2016, so... 2017, let's... let's get into it. So, what did they win? Well, uh, You Never Walk Alone <laughs> won Album of the Year for the first quarter at the Gaon Chart Music Awards, and then Love Yourself Her won Album of the Year for the third quarter in the Gown Chart Music Awards. Um, Wings got um, a Bong Song from Golden Disc, a Global K-Pop Artist Award from Golden Disc, the Korean Broadcasting Awards, they got the Artist Award, and then Top 10 Artist at Melon, Global Artist at Melon, Spring Day won Song of the Year at Melon, which, uh, was pretty iconic because uh, this is the first time they've won song of the year and it was also pretty controversial but considering spring day is still on the charts it's definitely 
no surprise. Uh, and also Namjoon's speech, uh, for Song of the Year, actually, just like the whole speech in general is very nice. So I, I would look up um their award speech for that. And then they mm. also got um um music video award for DNA at the Mellow Music Awards. And then at Mnet Asia Music Awards, Spring Day got Best Music Video. Uh, they, again, Artist of the Year at Mnet. And then they also got Best Asian Style. And then they got um, a Bong Song at Seoul Music Awards. They also got Best Male Dance Performance at Seoul Music Awards. And then Wings won um, Record of the Year at Soul Music Awards. And then, oh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears also won Best Music Video at Soul Music Awards. So it's kind of funny. They got three Best Music Videos um, for that year, but, like, it was all for, like, different songs. Um, <laughs> and then at Sorabata K Music Awards, they got Halle U Star. Yeah, so a lot. And then also, like, just to touch on, like, their Artist of the Year at um, Mnet Asian Music Awards in 2017, that was also a very big deal because that was the first time an artist has ever won Artist of the Year two years in a row. So, you know, not only were they, you know, completely breaking records with, you know, being the first non-big three k-pop group to ever win that award but then obviously in 2017 you know they were the only ones ever not even just like outside of the big three the only ones ever to win that award two years in a row so that just goes to show you like how big their impact was and also like kind of just like the you know going back to like what was it i think it might have been like episode 16 or something where we talked about the expiration date of like some k-pop groups mm -hmm. and how like so like all these like different groups like were like seen as iconic at that time but like you know they could only win artists of the year like one year before like they just end up fading back and then like someone else takes over like it was very like quick very fast paced like just when one group goes down another group takes their place and then again next year and then the year after that and then the year after that but like for bts that never happened so yeah good for bts it's honestly i don't know it's so weird because from i mean when we look at you know western music awards if taylor swift you remember there's that time when like she was winning like best country album like pretty much like every year she released an album um, mm. at, like the country music awards and American music awards and stuff like that. Um, or if, or if like Beyonce was like winning like all the awards for like a good few years, it, it makes sense to have like one artist be dominating for like a certain amount of time. Like, I think it's really, it's really weird to just have an artist expect to have one good year and then fall off. Like that's, that's not sustainable. Right, especially when like even within that one good year, like people expect the artists not to bag like every single award, which is also quite weird because then you have like the West and you've had like iconic acts like for example, like everybody talks about how that particular year where Michael Jackson got like literally eight Grammys in a single night. So like y it is possible over here to have an act be so 
impactful so successful and so iconic that they're just like bagging award after award but for some reason people find that weird in the k-pop industry and i don't like that mentality because like if an artist is doing good of course they should be getting all the awards like if they have the metrics for it and their music is good i feel like that they deserve that spotlight for however long that they're popular and successful like i don't understand why people just like have such a huge problem with artists dominating the award scene for more than one year at a time because that was always such a big gripe that everybody had with bts it was like oh they're not giving other artists a chance oh they should step down it's not fair that they're winning all the awards but it's like okay but if it was your face winning all those awards would you be saying that right and plus it's it's like they're they're not even a decade into their career like come on right just huh it's sad but anyway back to the christmas spirit uh, performances <laughs> uh so at the sbs festival december 25th we got mic drop dna and not today and then kbs uh december 29th we got spring day we got lost we got iconic cypher part four we got the rock version of dna and then not today oh we love to see it mm-hmm. and then for um, the Melon Music Awards, we also had like this cool little intro performance that they did. And then they did like DNA, um, they did a You Never Walk Alone, and they did Spring Day, which is like a very interesting set list for an award show. Mm-hmm. Because normally, like with all these end of year shows, you want to go with a bang. But right. it's interesting how they chose like more of their like somber, meaningful songs as opposed to like, because for example, for like Mama 2017, that was when they decided to go with a bang because they did, they did Mic Drop. That was, um, it was Cypher Part 4 and Mic Drop. Right. And that was like a really big deal because that was BTS. They were looking super cool that year you know uh whose idea was it it was namjoon's idea to perform mic drop in like all suits and like so they did it in all suits and sunglasses and they just like look so badass so you know it was interesting to see like the difference between mma um performance and then the mom performance and then at the mbc end of the year festival uh on december 31st we got the iconic go go heart performance um love it Honestly, it's one of my favorite live performances ever. It is free therapy, basically. Um, If you haven't seen the heart performance version of Go Go, you have to see it. It is so cute. It'll just make you happy. Um, Definitely go look that up. And then they also performed a remix version of Mic Drop. And then we get um, BTS's uh, appearance at the Dick Clark's New Year Rocking Eve. Oh, yes. And one thing about um, the NBC Music Festival back in like 2017 is that like even though they did mic drop for Mama, I would say that like in terms of like the camera work for mic drop, um, especially the one like with the remix with like all the dance breaks in between, the one for the NBC Music Festival, I actually prefer way more in terms of camera work because it was just all there. And obviously because it was like a smaller stage, it meant that like the camera, you know, wasn't like zooming out too much. It wasn't doing all sorts of random theatrics because there was that was like one qualm I had with like uh mama that year when they were filming uh the mic drop performance is that like when it they were so doing zoomed like, out or like know, it would like, be zoomed in at the wrong places right and then when they would be doing the dance breaks especially the one at the end there would be parts where you just be like completely zoomed on it's like no i want to see what they're doing 
Um, so that's why I preferred the, I think in terms of like all of the performances of Mic Drop they've done so far, um, <clears throat> I feel like the NBC Music Festival one in, from 2017 is like my all time favorite one, especially because like in that venue, because it's like a smaller stage, it's like all armies in the audience. So you can really hear the fan chants and that like that gets me going. And um, I couldn't see any SoundCloud releases that came out at the end of 2017. So that brings us to the following year, 2018. So Oh gosh, the awards. Um, oh, it's a long, long goodness. list. Daisy. I'm going to read it. <laughs> was it necessary to read all of these? You know, it was necessary. All right, go Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, brace yourselves, guys. This is going to be a very long list. So what they won at the end of 2018, they won... From the Asian Artist Awards, they won Popularity Award Singer, they won Korean Tourism Appreciation Award, they won the Fabulous Award, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> um, they won Artist of the Year, and they won um, another Desang for, um, I guess, a Singer Award from this um, particular award show. And then from Gaon Music Chart Awards, they won um, Album of the Year Second Quarter for Love Yourself Tear. They got Album of the Year third quarter for Love Yourself Answer. They got K-Pop Contribution Award. And yeah, that was it for Gaon Tried Music Awards. And then for Genie Music Awards, they got quite a lot of awards from this show. They got Artist of the Year. They got Digital Album of the Year for Love Yourself Answer. They got Best, they got Dance Track Male for Idol. They got Best Music Video for Idol. They got Male Group Award for, um, yeah, that was just male group award in general. And then they got uh, Genie Music Popularity Award. And then they also got Idol Champ Global Popularity Award. They got Best Style. And then they also got Best Fandom from Genie Music Award. And then for Golden Disc Awards, they got uh, a bong sang for Love Yourself Her. They got also a digital bong sang for Spring Day. And um, they got a... Um, Bong Sang for the Korean Popular Music Awards and also from the Korean Popular Music Awards they got Best Album for Love Yourself Answer and then for the Korean Music Awards they got Musician of the Year which was a really big deal because they were the first K-pop group to ever be nominated for an award at the Korean Music Awards because it's like basically the Korean version of Grammys and so not only were they the first K-pop group to ever be nominated in that award show but they were also the first to win an award so again like huge huge deal at the time. And then that was also the year that they got their Order of Cultural Merit um, from the KOCCA. Um, and that is the highest type of merit you can ever be awarded by like the Korean government ever. It's even above like a presidential merit. And BTS are the youngest to ever receive this award. And the only other K-pop act that has ever received this award was Psy. Um, and that was when he broke out with like Gangnam Style. So that's just how big of an award, or how should I say this? Like that's how big of a contribution you need to have in terms of like furthering Korean culture for you to ever be considered for this an award. So like this was like a massive, massive, massive deal at the time. And this is also around the time, like because they got this award, this was around the time where like people started having conversations about like, like basically like exemption from enlistment. But that's a conversation we're probably not going to get into because neither of us are Korean. And so we don't really have like the the right to talk about something like that because it's not our culture. So we're we, going to lose that. Yeah, alone. we're... And plus, just the way it's been in people's mouths since 2018, it's like, just, just shut up. Shut up. Like, that's <laughs> the simplest way to put it. I don't understand. 
everyone is so obsessed with it um when bts isn't even thinking about it um i know just very weird how k-pop community becomes like incredibly pro-military whenever it concerns bts but we digress back to the award list (laughs) because there's still quite a lot left um from the melon music awards they got top 10 artists they got artists of the year um they got netizen popularity award they got album of the year for love yourself tier they got best rap slash hip-hop for fake love and again for fake love they got m wave global fan choice and then for idol they got um tiktok best music video and also favorite music video and then for love yourself tier and love yourself answer they got album of the year um and what is what else did they get um artist of the year world yeah artist of the year, icon for, of yeah. the year global top 10 fans choice and favorite male dance artist oh, yeah and, and then the artist of the year and best asian style that was all eminent asian music awards yeah at the for the artist of the year thing that was their third year getting the artist of the year award at the mama awards which was again a huge deal because they're the first group to ever get it three years in a row um and on top of that that was the year where they were going through a lot because like 2018 was the peak of like a lot of like negativity and hate thrown towards them especially from like november 2018 so like when bts came up on that stage and they accepted that award like all of them were crying so hard harder than i've ever seen them cry on stage before and you know jin had talked about how that year because they were going through so much they even had like considered like disbanding um just because the stress was just so much because no no asian act had ever gone as as high as them as far as them and so like they really felt pressured that year to sort of live up to expectations but at the same time they were just going through so much they weren't even sure if they could like do it and so you know the fact that they were going through all that and still chose to stick around and like stay through it all like that was like really it was it was a really sad time for us that year because it was a very bittersweet moment seeing them accept that award on stage so you know honestly like so proud of them for you know being able to work things out and being able to have the strength to carry on and you know the fact that they're in such a happier place now like they're not you know feeling that negativity that they were before they're not feeling pressured like they were before and now they can just enjoy putting out music the way they want to and they don't have to worry about anything like i honestly just like love that glow up for them and then soul music awards the they got a bong song and a day song and they also got a bong song and day song at the Sorabata Best K Music Awards. And then also at Sorabata, they got World Social Artist Award. So that so that um, covers all their awards. That's all their awards. Um, 2018, clearly a lot. Oh, and something... Okay, I think we forgot to preface this. Or maybe you did preface this, Daisy, and I just forgot because it's one in the morning and I have no memory. <laughs> um, but this is... We're just doing, like, the relevant domestic korean music awards like we are not including any international awards um right this is just like what is close to bts um like literally what is physically close to bts so like um if you're wondering what about like uh billboard and amas that we're we're, we're just doing the domestic awards Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, honestly, like when it comes to year end awards, I tend to think about like the year end award shows and I just don't think that America has that culture. So that's why I just left it out because a lot of the awards that they win, it's like scattered throughout the year. And so I don't really consider that like 
part of like the year end award show culture. So I kind of just like skipped over their international awards. Not even just in America, but just like everywhere, like oh Japan, God, there wherever was, else they won so awards. They, if we act included international awards, guys, this, we'd be here for like four hours. We'd be here for way too long. Um, but yeah, so now let's get into 2018 performances. So SVS Gaio, um, December 25th, they did a hit songs medley. So it was No More Dream. Boy in Love, Dope, Fire, DNA, and Idol. And then at the NBC Gaio, we got the Mic Drop, Mic Drop Remix and Idol. Um, at some point, like, Mic Drop became, like, the new fire. Um, <laughs> it did. It did. <laughs> and then um, Iconic KBS Gaio, where we got, like, the individual solo performances. So, like, um, everyone in BTS gave, like, they performed like their solo song which was really cool and um and then obviously like for 2018 like at the time like like their mma and their mama performances were like the best like anybody had ever seen that was like the year that you could really tell that like the industry was like starting to like give them more time to perform stuff because their runtime for like their MMA performance. Let me see. If I look up the full performance, it was 20 minutes. Was it 20 minutes? Including including VCRs, it was basically 21 minutes. What long. am I thinking of that was like 40 minutes? That was the year after. Oh, that was the year after. Okay, see, I jumped ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for 2018, their MMA performance, it was um, a mixture of Fake Love, Airplane Part 2, and Idol. And Honestly, like words cannot describe how amazing that stage was. If you haven't seen it, you definitely need to because like first of all the fake love intro, like the choreography mm, like the so good. I know cuz like they just had like this incredible set design where they were like playing with like lights and they were like doing all this kind of crazy stuff. Like you just need to look for it yourself. And then obviously Idol, um they did like a slightly different mix of Idol where it was a lot more of like a traditional Korean version where they were like a a lot more like um traditional korean instrumentals in um uh the the soundtrack so like when they were performing it they also did like this like it, w it almost seemed like a festival like a korean festival where they were doing all these like traditional korean dances to go along with it it was jimin jungkook and hobie um they all had like these solo stages where they would be dancing and then um they would pass the choreo on to the other person and then that was when after like the three of them performed then like the whole group came back together and then performed idol but like it was like really really incredible to see and then for mama um that was the year where they did um they did quite a few things they had actually two days of performances for mama so for one day um it was i believe fake love and anpan man and then they did like an intro performance for fake love as well as well as like a like an extra dance break as well it was really cool like you guys should see it although i will say fair warning like the lighting in that on that stage was like a bit a bit like dark so it may be hard to see so you might want to turn up the brightness on your screen and then the second performance that they did um they did airplane part two they did like a kind of remix version of uh intro oh are you late too that was namjoon he did that by himself and then they also did a performance of idol for that year also the airplane part two 
part like it was so cool because all of them like they did like these unit like dance breaks in the beginning like it was just a really cool intro like you guys should just like honestly don't even just take my word for it. you guys just need to look it up on youtube it's it's crazy good i know i feel like we keep like saying the same thing we're just like every single performance we're like you have to see it for yourself i can't explain <laughs> honestly i can't like there are just not enough words to explain like how good it is i can barely even like describe the set design because like as the years progress like their set designs obviously because you know budget increase like they just became so much more like dramatic theatric like there's just so much going on that like i can't begin to explain it all here because again it would take too long but yeah um and in terms of like music that they released at the end I, of 2018 i, I couldn't see any and i didn't see any like official or like unofficial soundcloud releases or anything like that i guess i guess they so they do a lot of soundcloud releases but because we get a lot of them during festa season um it's only recently that we've been getting quite a few like winter soundcloud releases ooh, ooh, there was promise though was promise in december just actually at the end, December 31st. No way. No way. One minute. Did I really... How did I How did I miss it? It wasn't in the... Because I was looking at... Because um... I was looking at like a chart of like all the chronological releases. Oh my god. It was released December 31st. What the heck? I am so sorry, Jimin. I am so sorry. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that was released December 31st. That feels absolutely fake. Wow, so it's almost been... Oh my gosh, it's almost been three years since Promise. That's crazy. I freaking love Promise and the fact that I did not include it. I'm sorry. I I still... Um, I, I did a Kalimba cover of Promise and it's just... It's a song that is very precious to me did you post it on tiktok i did post oh no i don't think i did hmm. oh no that was the that was the avatar the last airbender one mm -hmm. i'm thinking of i did but yeah i i yeah i didn't i don't know why i didn't post it to tiktok um i'll have to sharpen up my kalimba skills and do it again <laughs> yeah but like promise that was obviously like jimin's um you know first you know release like his first solo release outside of like you know the albums and whatever so people were like super excited about that and you know jimmy had been working really hard on it mm -hmm. i know even when they were like on vacation like when they were on um what was it bon voyage yeah it was 3, bon voyage when they were in Malta. yeah he was like talking to namjoon about it and he was you know just talking about how you know how like much work he puts into it and you know how much time he takes just making like that song and i know he said himself that like he's the type of person to spend a lot of time on just like one particular song before moving on to the next so like you know it must have been like a really big deal for him to like drop this song so you know back when it came out like i was really proud of him especially like for the lyrics like if you listen to the lyrics they're just so like beautiful i love them and this is how you know i'm very tired because how the heck did I forget to put Promise in 2018 end of the year music? Sorry. <laughs> Not that. you adding it to the outline right now. As if, I, <laughs> at this point, as if it matters. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is for you, Jibin. 
it's okay. We move regardless. So I think that pretty much concludes 2018, though, if we're not missing anything. Oh if we are, God. feel free to yell at us in our replies when we post this episode. But anyway. Okay. I'm, I'm, I got this. All right. Speed running. 2019. All right. Oh, you're speed running the awards? Starting okay, with the Fact Music Awards. We got... Artist of the Year, Idolive Popularity Award, Love Yourself Answer winning Best Album, um, Day Song, and that is the fact. Okay. Genie Music Awards, we have uh, Male Group, uh, Male Performing Artist, Top Artist, Genie Music Popularity, Global Popularity, and M2 Top Video. Golden Disc Awards, we get um, Love Yourself Answer, Disc Day Song, and Disc Bon Song, Fake Love, Digital Bong Song, um, U Plus Idol Live Popularity Award, Global V Live Top 10 Best Artist, and Most Popular K-Pop Star. Korean Music Awards, Musician of the Year, Fake Love Best Pop Song, and Fake Love Song of the Year, which, once again, Korean Music Awards means that is a very big deal. Um, top 10 Artists for Melon Music Awards, so we're in Melon Music Awards, Netizen Popularity Award, Kakao Hot Star Award, and Artist of the Year at Melon Music Awards. Um, Map of the Soul Persona, Album of the Year and Record of the Year, Boy with Love, Song of the Year, and Best Male Dance, Artist of the Year, oh, sorry, we're at, okay, now we're in Emna Asian Music Awards, we're at MAMA, so Artist of the Year, Worldwide Fans Choice, Worldwide Icon of the Year, Best Music Video, Best Male Group, Favorite Male Artist, um, Boy with Love, Song of the Year, and Best Male Performance, uh that's mama so now soul music awards bongsung award daesung award love yourself to your best album and then sorbata k music awards bongsung male popularity and artist of the year congratulations for getting through that honestly because bts really like something really snapped like something really aligned in the universe there was a shift in the dimension because jesus christ like the amount of awards like i don't even know how they have space anymore in their building for all the trophies that they got in 2019 like honestly like i i think that 2019 was also the year that like they did like a full day sign sweep at like it was either mma or mama or maybe it was even both i don't remember but like I'm they too were tired really... to go read and check <laughs> i know like at this point like <laughs> it's like 1 a.m like if i'm right i'm right if i'm wrong i'm wrong so <laughs> take what i say with a grain of salt but i definitely do remember there was a day song sweep involved and i think they were also the first to do that um and you know they've been winning artists of the year since 2017 so this is the fourth year in a row that they've won artists of the year at the biggest award show so that again was another record that they've been breaking so honestly good for them i think it was melon yeah it might have been melon because uh, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm looking at the outline it says artist of the year melon album of the year melon song of the year melon 
Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, if I think back to like the outfits that they were wearing, it probably was Melon Music Awards. I just told I... you it was Melon. <laughs> I know, I'm saying, I'm thinking like now that I'm looking back in retrospect, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the outfits that they're wearing. Listen, it's one o'clock in the morning. Have mercy on me. <laughs> we're, we're, we're losing it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh. Anyway, back to um, this list. So in terms of their performances... They had New Year's Rocking Eve um, with Ryan Seacrest. That was December 31st. And that was when they were in New York City for that. And they performed Boy With Love, which was amazing. I think they also did Make It Right first, actually. They did Make It Right with like a cute little dance break. And then they did Boy With Love, which was very nice to see. And um, yeah, and then they did SBS Gaio, December 25th. That was a Christmas Carol medley um, where they did um, Korean version of Silent Night and then they did Boy With Love. They did Dionysus and Microcosmos and then they did the KBS Music Festival where it was the Earth Traveler collab stage which was basically 150 K-pop idols on stage which was wild. They also did Go Go, Home, Boy With Love, Microcosmos and Dionysus. And then the MMA stage Oh my god, the MMA stage. <laughs> that was their longest stage to date. And if I look up um, the runtime on I, YouTube I, I, right now, it was... the full performance, if you go on Bangtan TV, um, including like everything, like including VCRs, it was a runtime of 37 minutes and 8 seconds. So almost 40 minutes of uh the whole award show was just dedicated to bts you don't even which is... see that in like american awards like no not at all like even like the biggest artists would probably not even get more than like 10 minutes because american award shows finish quite quickly like i've noticed especially even for like their speeches and stuff like remember how like bts were like joking when they were accepting like their ama this year that like as soon as like Namjoon finished his speech on stage, like the screen in the back started flashing, please wrap it up. Please it wrap like, hey, it up. You're take- like, hey, you're taking too long with this speech. You better hurry it up. But like when it came to like BTS accepting like their award for artist of the year at um, MAMA back in 2018, like um, pretty much all of them got to speak except for Jungkook. I don't think he um, like spoke, but like six of them got to speak like and they were not rushed to finish at all. Um, which I thought was like really good. It was really considered because that was a really big award for them and they were obviously emotional on stage. But like, I don't think any artist in America would ever get as much time as BTS do in Korean award shows to be accepting, like accepting awards and stuff. Mm-mm. And then as far as releasing music, I couldn't buy- Oh wait, we forgot Mama. Oh, what did we? Mama, okay. Mama 2019, that was also iconic because they actually were doing some serious throwbacks. Because mm, Mama yes. 2019, that was when they performed um, N.O. and We Are Bulletproof Part 2. Um, it was so unexpected. Did, yeah, they also did Boy With Love and Microcosmos. But the fact that they did two of their oldest songs was like, that was like insane. Like, I was not expecting that. And they absolutely killed it. To see the difference um, of them performing like N.O. and We Are Bulletproof Part 2 back then in 2013. And then compare it to like the way that they're performing it like this year. I just really loved that like their energy truly has never died down. Like I remember saying this before one time, but like BTS, like they have the energy of rookies, but then they just ooze the professionalism of just like people who've been in the game for like 
ages and that's exactly what they are the fact that like even though they've come to such a high point in their career they have never lost that enthusiasm for the stage or they never thought that oh you know because i'm famous i can let up a little bit no and if anything they go harder than they ever do before you know despite the fact that they're so famous and they technically don't have to and then i think i think that wraps up everything for 2019 yeah, in terms of music, nothing I can remember from 2019, but, you know, if we're, if we're sleep deprived and we miss something, apologies on that. <laughs> um, so I guess we can just move to 2020. So in terms of what they won, obviously because there were a lot of, because there were a lot of award shows um, that probably didn't take place, I'm assuming. Um, right. Because, like, it, it, this list did seem a bit shorter than the other ones. Mm yeah so maybe there were some award shows that just like did not take place um because of the fact that it was covid and so i don't know it was just complicated but um here is the award list so delilah if you will i got it all right asian artist awards (laughs) um popularity award for male singer best of best popularity award dynamite song of the year then we get to the Fact Music Awards, Artist of the Year, Day Song Award, which is, the that's just, isn't that a word award? Um, yeah. Listen, <laughs> Listener's Choice Award, TMS Popularity Award, Golden Disc Awards. We get Best Album, Best Digital Song, TikTok Golden Disc, Most Popular Artist, K-Pop Star Award. Oh, and one thing, okay, so people are really confused on, like, what is the TikTok Award? T- the award had nothing to do with TikTok. TikTok was sponsoring the award, and I think a lot of people completely missed that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not like an award for TikTok. Um, it's TikTok just sponsored the award. It's basically just most popular artist. Um, and then Melon Music Awards, uh, top 10 artist that is in popularity, artist of the year, album of the year, song of the year, best male dance, best rock song for uh, the collaboration with IU and Yoongi. And then Enna Asian Music Awards, Artist of the Year, Worldwide Icon of the Year, Best Male Group, Worldwide Fans Choice, Top 10, Song of the Year, Best Dance Performance for Male Group, Best Music Video, Album of the Year, Best Collaboration for IU and Yoongi again, and then Sorabata, Artist of the Year, Day Song. So as you can see, BCS has never let anybody claim the Artist of the Year award since 2016. How about that? Honestly, iconic of them. <gasps> Wait a second. Never what? mind. No, it's fine. I I was just thinking that um. Nowhere, cause so, so the way we compiled all of this was from like the. It was basically a whole list archive, but it never included Yoongi's um, Idol Producer Award. Mm. Oh, that's true. That yeah. one that he had for Suran? Yeah, the one he did for Wine. Oh, yeah, and that was back in, like, 2017. Yeah, that was back in, like, 2017. So I, I don't know why that just popped into my head just now, but I was like, huh. I think it's because um, talk about mentioned IU and Yoongi. Um that won two awards um in 2020 so i was like wait a minute what about the award for wine but yeah 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 we compiled like these uh lists of awards from like uh it was like bangtan wiki so like 
there may be some stuff we're missing i don't know um the list we still have is pretty like extensive so i hope we're not missing anything but you know there may be like a couple of outliers here and there so if we miss something apologies it's just that like it would have been like it was just it would just be a lot of effort at this hour of the night to be like looking through like cross-referencing things from like spotify soundcloud and like different like media outlets to see who won what per year ain't and, nobody doing and that see, this is why i clown daisy in the beginning of this episode because she was like oh no research it's just it's just laid back but like no i'm fighting for my life trying to make sure that i <laughs> can remember every single thing that happened <laughs> Yeah, I guess because I was just kind of on autopilot, kind of just copying and pasting, you know, award lists into the document that I just, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't consider that as research, but I'm I'm sleep deprived and my sleeping pattern has been out of whack for like the past two weeks. So I have, please excuse me if, (laughs) if anything I say does not make any sense. But um, yes, um, what else was there? So we were talking about their performances. And so I think we did we get to the we, end did of the we, we, we have We haven't started. We haven't mentioned any performances yet. Oh, we didn't start? Oh, shit. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start. <laughs> performances. Uh, so this is when um, Weaver started their New Year's Eve live. Um mm. So we got that. I can't remember what they performed um, on there, but that was their what they did with Weavers. Um, and then they did SBS. Oh, pause. Let me back up. Sorry. So uh, you probably noticed that um, last year, so 2019, um, they didn't do NBC, and this year they also didn't do NBC, and that's because of the conflict um, that I think we we mentioned in another episode. So yeah, it's it's not a coincidence. There's only SBS and KBS um, that they're doing now. So because uh, NBC basically blacklisted them because they're dumb. But yeah, yeah I believe we talked about it on like the K broadcasting we did. stations episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you want to hear the tea on that, you can go check out that episode about Korean broadcasting stations. Um, But yeah, back to this. SBS Festival on December 25th, we got Black Swan, Life Goes On, and Dynamite. And then for the KBS Festival on December 18th, we got I Need You, Dynamite, and Life Goes On. Yeah, before I move on to the MMA and MAMA performances, like, the fact that they did I Need You, like, in 2020, that was so refreshing, and it's just been so long since I've seen them perform it, so I just really, really enjoyed that, because most of the time that they perform it these days, it's without the choreography, so to see them actually, like, wear, you know, similar outfits um, to what they had on back in, like, 2015 when they were doing promotions for this song... And, you know, seeing them perform the song in full the way it's like, oh, it was performed, you know, when they would be on music shows back in 2015. I really loved that. So that was really cool. And then for Mama, um, their Mama stage was also very iconic. Um, It was, um, they had performed for, um, sorry, not Mama, MMA, I mean, that was iconic. They performed Black Swan, they performed On, and they performed Life Goes On. no, that is Mama, I believe. Um, they did Black Swan, Life Goes On, and Dynamite. And On. Yes, there were four songs. I'm sorry. I'm not. I need to lie down after this. Oh my gosh. I wonder. 
I, I hope we're making at least some sort of sense. Like, I can't tell how sleep-deprived we are, but I hope people can understand us. <laughs> I know. We're sorry. We This is why we usually, we usually don't record this late. Um, but we really... But we to stay on track of our schedule, we, we have to record this. <laughs> no, because, like, I literally looked at this, like, YouTube, like, video title, and I don't know how I messed it up that bad. Like, I read the words and just nothing processed in my head, so I'm sorry for that. So what I meant to say was they performed Black Swan on Life Goes On and Dynamite. I think because I read on twice that I just got confused, but <laughs> but the Black Swan performance in particular was just absolutely beautiful chef's kiss because, um, you know, they did this really beautiful intro that was like um, contemporary inspired, um, especially like uh, Jimin and Jungkook's part where they were dancing together. Like, you guys just really need to see it. And then another... Um, point of interest was also I think it was in this performance of on where they had like the marching band um, outside um, and then they had that like amazing dance break um, in the middle which was oh no that was mama actually this one was performed inside um, but for the mama one they did it outside with like a marching band and everything and that was really cool um, and then for dynamite they had this like amazing dance break that they revealed for the first time where basically like all of them channeled the spirit of Michael Jackson and just like did this really cool dance number. And it was, it was, it was amazing to see. I love the stage. It was, you know, for the limitations that they had, you know, given the fact that, you know, this is, you know, pandemic times and they couldn't really do that much, you know, compared to like times before, um, they still showed out. They still, you know, made such a good performance, especially because this year, um, if you weren't here or if you haven't seen the videos of this performance, Yungi actually wasn't able to perform for the end of year awards because this was around the time where he got his shoulder surgery. And so he was basically out for a few months um, because he wasn't allowed to really put much um, like strenuous effort on his shoulder. And he just had to like continue doing like rehabilitation and all that. So yeah, he stayed home for the award shows. So you know, if you'll notice when they're performing these songs, um, whenever it's Yungi's part, um, they'll keep the formation open as if like Yungi's still there. Like they'll keep his space open and they'll just like let his voice play through the backtrack. So they wanted to make sure that like, yes, like there's another member that's supposed to be here, but he's just missing. Like that's what they, that's the vibe that they were kind of going for with that. And then, wait, so we did, we, we did Mama and Melon, right? Um, Mama was, um, a slightly different set list. Let me see. So that was on Dynamite and Life Goes On. Mm. And then as I was saying before, um, the on performance, that was the one where they did in this big stadium. I forget the name of the stadium. I'm mad, but I'll, I'll think of it later. Um, but, um, they did a performance in the stadium with like, like this huge marching band. And then they had like this really cool dance break that we've also never seen before and on, which is cool because they already had a dance break. So it was like a dance break on top of a dance break, which I was like, period, I love me some dance breaks. So there was that. Um, and yeah. And then there was also, was it mama where when they did their performance of life goes on, they had a hologram of like Yungi come in and like do his part. Was it mama? Cause I, I was trying to think of it. Cause when you were talking about them leaving his space i was like which one did they leave like a whole hologram like it was it, it was it let was me see funny. 
Let me see. Life goes on. Uh, BTS 2020. Life goes on. It was this one. It was Mama where he, they use some type of like, some type of like VR technology or whatever, where they basically like left the space open for Yungi when they are performing Life Goes On, like in the center, and then somehow they managed to edit this hologram in of Yungi singing his part in Life Goes On. So like that was like completely crazy and it was so funny because obviously like Yungi was at home while this was going on so he was watching the performance live and he hadn't seen like the final product of what it would look like and so like he was watching himself on like TV do his part and he was like posting on Weavers. I think he was like live posting on Weavers actually during that time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure and he was. was. Like, and he was like when is and he was like when am I coming out? And then he would see himself and he's like, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, Yuki's so cute. Oh my god. Because he was also like, there was that uh, one other um, award show that like he couldn't make it to one year. And then um, he was at home and he was like live tweeting the whole performance. Yes. It's because he, he, um, for people who don't know, in 2013, Yuki had appendicitis. And um, when they were in Japan, his appendix burst. And so he had to be rushed to the hospital um and receive surgery immediately um so at some point in 2013 um Yugi was absent from a lot of end of the year stuff yeah it was so funny when he was live tweeting that because it was funny when it got to the part where bts was actually on stage and like Yugi was live tweeting and he was booing them and it's like what is your problem <laughs> oh but that was funny i think that concludes all of their performances that i can think of all the big ones at the right. year end so, so now yeah in terms of music music um we get um abyss which is the song that Jin um made and released on soundcloud for his birthday on december 3rd and I freaking love Abyss. It is so pretty. It, I mean, it's a little bit sad, but it is such a gorgeous song. Um, mm. I really love Abyss. Um, so, yeah. And then on December 24th, Jimin released Christmas Love, which was a really cute Christmas song. Um, it was adorable. Christmas, I love you. Da, 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 da. It's it's cute. I love it. Sorry, guys. I can't sing. This is why. <laughs> um, if I could sing... I probably wouldn't be on this podcast. I would probably um, be singing nonstop. Um, so, yeah. I would be, could I be your PR manager? Yes. Yes, please. I, I would have, like, I would do like covers on like my YouTube channel and like you would like be like my comment moderator and like be my agent and everything. And it would be great. It'd be great. Um, I, I I would be the next Adina Menzel, but. <laughs> Snowflower um, was a SoundCloud release uh, that was made by V, and it featured his bestie Peak Boy, um, and that was released December twenty fifth. So it was it was kind of surprise um, to get Christmas Love and Snowflower like right next to each other. So that was really nice. I don't know twenty December twenty twenty we got a lot of music so it was it was great and then december 11th um just throw this in there is the holiday remix of dynamite all right so that i'm pretty sure that is 2020 um got everything um yeah i i thought 2020 
was, of course, fantastic year of music from BTS, so I'm really proud and happy for them. And with that, that means we're in 2021, which is kind of like the start. We're kind of in the middle of awards season. Um, of course, because BTS is on vacation, we're not going to be getting um, a lot of these end-of-the-year performances that we would usually get. So I think it's nice to like kind of reminisce on these past performances because BTS said we are resting this time. Yeah, so we're probably, if anything, I'm expecting like no performances because at this point, like, unless they pre-recorded something, I just, I highly doubt that we're going to get anything. So um, obviously, you know, they're not going to be attending MMAs or MAMAs or any of those like big awards. So I'm just going to be in terms of like what I'm looking forward to, mainly just the awards they're going to win. Um, but in terms of what they have won so far, um, they we really only have stuff from the Fact Music Awards because that's pretty much the only big show that's like really happened so far because obviously it's quite early in the month. It's only December 9th. Um, well, technically December 10th because it's like almost 2 a.m. here. But um, in terms of what they have won from the Fact Music Awards, um, they got um, a day sign from there. They got Listener's Choice Award. They got worldwide icon and years artist award um but that's pretty much it in terms of what they've got by the time this comes out it's going to be i'm pretty sure it's going to be christmas eve so um i don't know the particular dates for some of these award shows but i would assume that like in two weeks from well, whenever this episode is dropped like mm-hmm. um we'll 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 see how much participation really matters. This is this is going to be really interesting, I think, because you know with BTS, BTS hadn't been announced for the lineup for any of the award shows for like a while, actually, and so people were already expecting them not to attend. But I guess now we know why, because they've probably been planning this vacation break for a while now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they are going to get awarded or not if they are not attending. Yeah, um, I highly doubt like anybody would play them like that. For example, something like MMA or Mama, I highly doubt that like they'd be the type of people who are petty enough to only give BTS uh, big awards if they show up. I would think if that was the case and they actually do do that, like I would be extremely disappointed because like it's not like I'm really expecting like the best from those award shows, but at the same time, it's a, it's like if you're gonna you know pride yourself on being quote unquote prestigious, then freaking act like it. Don't exactly. start giving away participation awards and be mad when people don't attend because sometimes people just are tired you know bts have been working so long you know this entire year they've been working extremely hard on so many different things and they've been prepping for the concerts as well and they just finished those they're tired they're exhausted they want to spend some time either with family or by themselves and i feel like they have a right to do that um it's not every year that they gotta you know attend these award shows especially now you know because they're so big they can afford to bite that loss you know as opposed to for example like i don't think they would have ever been able to do any type of vacation let alone an extended one if this was like back in like 2015 or something oh, when they're still building absolutely not yeah they if that was the case and they did that like these award shows would never invite them back ever again so you know now that bts is big i feel like i'm uh you know i'm proud of them for you know making sure that even though like they're big they're still not gonna 
you know, attend something if they really just do not have the energy or, you know, they're just really not in that right headspace. So hopefully, you know, when they get back from their vacation, they're going to be very well rested and, you know, they're going to be ready to perform in other shows. Yeah. And so with that, let's just let's just get into music. I mean, we've already somehow gotten music releases. So we got the Butter Christmas remix that was released on December 3rd. Um, and then, of course, the iconic Song of the Year, Super Tuna, released by Jin for his birthday. Once again, gifting us with um, his gifts. And I don't know, the contrast between last year's gift being Abyss and this year's gift being Super Tuna is so comical um but you can tell he's climbed his way out of the abyss he he has climbed his way out of the abyss um and i love that for him super tuna a bop um it's so funny he was like this is supposed to be a joke um but if you want it to be a joke you can't make it unironically good (laughs) i know for a song that's literally just about fishing for tuna like it is the catchiest thing i've heard in a while and it's just so bright and energetic like it really does sound like an anime opening and i love that and honestly like he was saying it's like oh no you know like he was saying oh it's you know it's a little joke don't think too much about it and then he gets surprised when it goes viral it's like oh so jen sweetie what did you think was gonna happen and now like so many kids are on to super tuna right now so it's like at this point you might as well just give it to god because there's absolutely no way that the kitties are going to be letting go super tuna anytime soon because everybody knows that once kids get on a trend like they are going to be on that trend for a long long time baby shark step aside your time is done literally like baby shark who all i know is super tuna because kids are monster streamers like if they want super tuna on repeat then that's what they're gonna get honestly so especially because like the song is only like a minute or so long so like it racks it racked up a lot of views in like such a short amount of time because normally like for their um you know soundcloud releases or just unofficial releases in general like it's a lot more laid back because obviously we're not treating it like a comeback so you know the view count goes up a lot more slower and steadier um as opposed to like the massive jumps that you would see like for example with an official release like butter or you know b or something like that so you know to see the view count um on the performance because you released two videos you released the you know the audio and then the choreography video where he did um on the beach mm-hmm. and those got a lot of views and i was like oh yep it's over for him now like if he thought that it wasn't gonna go viral i'm sorry and it is gonna go viral so yeah definitely it was an iconic song and i really needed the serotonin because like we're kind of all riding out from like post-concert depression right now um because obviously like i went to go and see bts live in la on the 27th of june i got the day one tickets and so you know after all that and i was just like damn i miss bts and then he just gives us super tuna and i'm like i'm just like it's just been straight vibes on the timeline for the past few days and i love that for us and then of course it is now officially the 10th um of december so finally um me and daisy um in our time we have access to juice world's um album that uh has been released and yungi features on one of the songs on 
that album and of course um and of course uh the song was recorded a while ago um prior to his passing but also i mean it was probably recorded prior 2018 at the same time whenever juice world um recorded all night with bts um because oh we know that the bts world ost like those songs have been recorded for a while so like this uh, Mm. feature has probably like been in juice world's hard drive for a while now um discussing like the ethical implications of like releasing music after an artist passing like that's a whole another conversation but i i am but i guess selfish reasons i am happy we did get to hear yungi's feature because it is very nice yeah people were saying it might have been like a swap deal um the way that um they kind of almost did that with meg mm-hmm. um because that's what because when um meg's label wasn't letting her drop the butter remix then um i think big hit uh big hit had like suggested that they like do a swap deal um you know to lessen the blow or whatever um so that would be more likely that she could get that song out um so if it is a swap deal that would have been very interesting um but either way the fact that we do get to hear this i think it's really cool and i definitely think that you know having a yoongi on you know an album you know on like on such an album such as like for example juice world you know such an iconic artist um of our generation uh definitely opens him up to like a whole new demographic of people to discover him and then you know vice versa with armies you know who are maybe discovering juice world for the first time who maybe weren't here for like the all-night dropper who just maybe didn't know juice world in general so um hopefully this is a good experience for everybody I'm hoping the toxicity is kept at a minimum, um, and I just hope that we can all vibe. And, you know, after this, I'm probably going to listen to it right before I go to bed, I can't lie, because I don't want to wait until tomorrow. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to how the song sounds, because the, the, I don't know what is with the timing with the release of this, because apparently it was just released at midnight, but locally. So, like, depending yeah, on what part of the world I, you're in. I, I hate it when artists do um rolling releases because i feel like it doesn't make sense because it's gonna get leaked anyway with how like the internet works Hmm. because like it's because people are obviously gonna like hear it and then they can like record it and just like upload it on twitter so like i i I don't understand rolling releases but anyway um yeah so it it didn't become available until 12 a.m eastern standard time of course because that's where me and daisy are eastern standard time so um it became officially available as we were recording this so yeah probably like literally right at the start of us recording. yeah probably like, we right were, at the start was, yeah. we literally started recording at like 12 50 um and it's no not even 12 50 like a little 11, bit after 11 55 yeah and it's almost 2 a.m now so but but I, I have no predictions on if they are going to release anything else because I don't trust them. <laughs> I can't trust them. They, they they have Instagram now and they're wilding. They're like, V just like posted um, a song that I guess he has just been keeping to himself. Um, and is like, here's a song for you. I love you, ARMY. Like, okay, Taehyung, um, that don't, that you're not distracting me at all 
um, where's the rest of your hard drive? Like, let me, let me, let me see the vault. <laughs> yeah, when Big Hit said that BTS was on vacation, they only meant BTS. They did not mean us. We're never going to breathe. Listen, I mean, but I gave that warning because I had said on my Twitter, like, as soon as it was announced, I was like, baby armies, do not be fooled. Do not think that you can just, like, delete Twitter or, like, take a break just because BTS is on vacation. And, like, someone quoted me. They're, they're, they're probably a baby army. And they were like, wait, why? 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 And I'm like, because the last time BTS announced a vacation, Jimin was on Live like, three days in a row. Um, so <laughs> what happened this time? Boom. Instagrams. Like, it is over for us. It is over i can't predict anything it still doesn't even feel real that they have instagram but it is after eight years in their career can you imagine i know it's just it's a lot do you think because i know you can buy i know like you can buy um names um if you're like a celebrity and stuff so i feel like they must have done that because there's no way like some of those usernames were free and I feel like, okay, because I remember, like, a few years back, I remember when, like, Blackpink had, like, first made Instagrams, and, like, the there was a lot of traffic, and so, like, you couldn't, like, follow them at one point, because, like, it was, because if you gain a whole bunch of followers uh, a certain amount of time, Instagram, like, mar- maybe marks it as spam, or, like, thinks it's bots, so, like, it's hard to follow people, but, but like, BTS, I don't think we had any problems with following no. them. So I feel like Instagram knew and prepared ahead of time and was like, we are going to get a lot of traffic to these accounts. Like, I feel yeah. like Instagram prepared for it. Because at the moment, all of them, I think, are above, like, 20 million followers right now. And it's only been, like, a couple days since they mm-hmm. got this Instagram. And they've already been verified. So, Oh, my like, God. Taeyang posted 20 minutes ago. What do you mean? Oh he my gosh. He posted a video of him and Lizzo at the concert. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on. I'm so sorry we're doing this mid-podcast, Yeah, we're sorry guys. we're doing this mid-podcast. Oh my gosh. They're so cute. They're so his, cute. Ca- his caption says, I think the mood is crazy. Uh, they're, they're so cute. And Hobie replied, he said, cool. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna comment on. See, Taeyeon even tagged SZA. Don't get me started. Ooh, don't get me started. It is too. It is too late to be heated. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we're 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 gonna come back to that later. We're, After she we was like, go- oh, I don't. I don't think they really cared about me. He uh, still uh, tagged uh, you, and you got a hug from him. So mm, anyway, mm, let me shut up about that, that. That's for another day. That's for another day. But. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. I, I, oh, I just wanted to open Instagram to check how many followers they had, and boom! First thing I see is Taeyang posted a video, which I once again wasn't notified for. Thanks, Instagram. Mm. Hobie also updated his Insta story. And <gasps> oh my God, Yuki he posted! Oh, obviously what? he posted the Juice World. He posted a screenshot of the song on his story. No, no, no! Like just like it's in his feed. Oh, in his feed. And so he doesn't care about him. the aesthetic. He's using filters from 2013. Mm. <laughs> and then Hobie replied with Hobie replied with five fire emojis. He's so supportive. He's the cutest. And let me check I love Hobie's how, like, story. Hobie, oh, is Hobie sick? Just... Is Hobie sick? I know. That's what I was about to tell you before I got distracted when you said that Yugi posted. 
once again, sorry everyone. Like this is this is us going through BTS's Instagram live. Um, yeah, I'm sure that this podcast episode is going to be just a massive roller coaster when you guys listen to it. I'm so sorry in advance, guys. This is this is this somehow became a mess. Um, yeah, this is us like completely unfiltered and sleep deprived. If you're wondering, <laughs> apologies. But you know what? Like I had my last exam today. I'm done. I I next week. I. I have a fear, like, for some reason something will go wrong. But whatever. I will have a bachelor's. I will be done. But, yeah, let me close that. And let's just let's just wrap this up. Because I know y'all are sick of us. Um, <laughs> we, we should put ourselves to bed. I know. There's just, like, a, a sign in my head that's just flashing, please wrap it up. So. Please wrap it up. <laughs> Uh, okay. So in conclusion, in conclusion, um holidays holidays with BTS fun. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're fun. They're absolutely fun. Um and they've done a lot and you know in the past 8 years they've won a lot of awards. I'm not going to count how many awards they've won since 2013, so don't ask me for that. Um but definitely it's been, you know, bigger years for them like the more that they're just like in this industry like as each year progresses they just continuously get more and more successful and so i mean i mean there's not really much for me to predict except for the fact that they're just going to continue getting more successful i mean they did say in their ama acceptance speech that it was going to be a new chapter so i'm just looking forward to what that entails and i know that you know as far as we're concerned the they also did mention in their uh extended vacation announcement that there is going to be a new album before their concert in Seoul in March. So super, super excited for that. And, you know, as always, I just always expect it to be good because BTS and they have yet to disappoint me with their music. So I highly doubt they're going to start now. Right. And um, if you guys are celebrating Christmas, um, Hope you have a good Christmas and a good New Year's. Um, if you're not happy holidays. Happy holidays. I don't know. See, I, don't, I it's funny because I, I, I celebrate Hanukkah. So I, <laughs> I, 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 but like in my mind, I'm just like, I have to wish everyone Merry Christmas. <laughs> but yeah. What are your, um, what are your plans for the holidays? One of my plans for the holiday, I have no clue because they're also wanting to remodel my kitchen. My landlord says they're redoing the whole kitchen. So they were like, are you going to be gone um, for Christmas so we can do your kitchen? And I guess I will have to make myself scarce. <laughs> Ouch. I, I would have invited you to my house for something, or at least for like a weekend or something, but I'm going out of the country, as you already know. For those who don't know, by the time this comes out, I will already be out of the country. Um, I am going to two places um, for Christmas, um, starting from the 16th, actually. I will be in Thailand, and then um, for New Year's, I'm going to be in Dubai, so... I'm not coming back until the 6th of January, which is why we're really working hard this week to pre-record as many episodes as we can so I can at least have like six 
backlogged episodes that I can just keep in the drafts and the queues for now until I come back. The only concern is Arby Anonymous, but we will cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cross so. that bridge when we get there. But anyway, that that has been this episode. Uh, semi-structured, uh, semi-chaotic. Hope you enjoyed it. Sorry if you didn't, because I know we are completely um, lopsided this episode, but happy <laughs> holidays, drink water, um, do your skincare routine, um, and uh, we'll see you next episode. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Talk with Army is written and edited by Daisy and Delilah, who you can find on Twitter at Nijazia329. That is at N-A-I-J-A-0329 and Adorable Trap at A-D-O-R-A-B-1-E-T-R-A-P. You can also follow our official podcast Twitter at Studio underscore 090713. That's at S-T-U-D-I-O underscore 090713. The thumbnail art was commissioned by Rafa, who can be found on Twitter at RKDraws, that's A-R-E-K-A-Y underscore D-R-A-W-S. Stay tuned for a preview of the next episode. my opinion, I think Wattpad, just like any other fanfiction site, has its share of really good stories and not-so-good stories, but for some reason, like, the ones that are popular enough to be transformed into films they 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 the plot does not give <laughs> it, it really not, does not it like... does not give i like i watched after i watched kissing booth it it was not it <laughs> yeah like honestly like that's something that definitely i feel wattpad is notorious for like, a lot of people, you know, see Wattpad as the epitome of everything wrong with fan fiction. Which, I mean, to an extent, I mean, yeah, you have, like, when stories are bad on Wattpad, like, they're bad. Like, they're awful. Like, and, I mean, I think it's mainly because, you know, a lot of times um, the user base for Wattpad is often younger um so you know you have all these like young people you know writing fan fiction which usually doesn't pose a problem it's only when it starts getting to like the more explicit mature topics that like these minors are writing 